0: Throw it all away, Brandy Carlisle on KRCL. Dunn did me no good from Bahamas off the Sad Hunk album. And starting us off tonight, Sad But True from Jason Isbell and the 400 unit off the Metallica Blacklist album. Thanks to eBay for another great afternoon drive. And thank you to you for plugging into your community with Radioactive, weeknights from 6 to 7. I'm Laura Jones. It is the fifth annual Utah Climate Week. Lots of events happening online and in real life with local nonprofits and groups. Later tonight, I'm going to dig into some clean air with Heal Utah and filmmaker Jack Hessler, whose film Aware, What's Beneath the Clouds, premieres at Wasatch Brewery tomorrow night. First, I'm going to pass the microphone to folks working on reproductive justice. Despite the fact that 79% of Americans, according to some polls, don't want to see Roe v. Wade overturned, there is momentum to do just that in the wake of a near-total abortion ban in Texas. This Saturday, people from coast to coast will participate in the Rally for Abortion Justice events led by a coalition of more than 100 organizations to speak out to protect abortion access. And I spoke with three women helping to organize a rally here in Utah. So... Let's pass that microphone.
1: Hi, my name is Valentina DeFex. I'm staff attorney at the ACLU of Utah. My pronouns are she, her, hers. And we are participating in the Women's March because as an organization, we have a lengthy history of defending reproductive freedoms throughout the United States.
2: Hi, my name is Rachel Pitard. I'm a resident in Utah. Um, I am an abortion storyteller. And I am marching on October 2nd because criminalizing women's reproductive decisions has never been and will never be the role of government.
3: I am Shaylee Bybee and I am the Utah representative for Pro-Choice with Heart as well as a member of the Women's March Circle. I am part of this march because I want my daughter to grow up in a world where she has total body, bodily autonomy.
0: So Shaylee, give us the who, what, when, where, why on the march on October 2nd, which is happening across the country with a few international locations as well.
3: Yeah. So in Salt Lake City, we'll be starting at the Washington Square Park Uh, address for that is 451 South State Street in Salt Lake City. We'll gather there first at 11 o'clock a.m. We'll have some amazing speakers there. We'll then all march together up to the Capitol building where we will have even more amazing speakers and a vigil to follow.
0: Okay. And where can people get more details? Let's get the website out there early in this conversation.
3: So you can look at womensmarch.com. It's just um, click on the Utah link. You can also find us on Facebook. Just type in Women's March Utah. There's a huge event there. Um, so far, we have about 1,300 people interested in joining us.
0: So, Shaylee, you're a mom. You've got a daughter. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you have sons as well. Uh, this so often gets painted as a women's issue, but it's broader than that, I think, Shaley.
3: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think it affects everybody. I
0: don't know how old your daughter is. I don't know if you talked to her about this, but what is your fear with the changes um, that have been happening in Texas and elsewhere in the country?
3: So my daughter's only 20 months old so at the moment. We haven't really haven't had any in-depth conversations of about course. abortions. Um, there is a book coming out for children called um, What is Abortion Anyway? And we'll definitely have that in our library for her. But my fear is that it's already so hard for women and people in general to make choices for their own body. Um, and I worry that if more and more control is taken away from that, she'll have to answer to other people when she wants to have surgery of any kind.
0: Rachel Pittard, you describe yourself as an abortion storyteller. What is it you want folks to know about this issue?
2: Sure. Specifically, I would love for legislators uh, in the state of Utah to know that there are hundreds of storytellers that will um, make themselves available to meet with you on a one-on-one basis in a confidential setting to share their experiences. So whenever there is a piece of legislation that hits one's desk for contemplation, um, whether you're on a committee or whether you are a freshman legislator or in your first term, um, when it comes time to um, deciding whether or not to to advance those types of bills, Know that you have a resource to reach out to women like myself. Um, There are also men involved to give you some perspective. And storytellers represent very important data points in your due diligence on these types of uh, inevitable pieces of policy that are that are presented uh, at the Capitol.
0: Well, Rachel, what's your story? Share part of it that you're comfortable with.
2: Absolutely. Um, uh, Firstly, abortion is normal. I am not um, someone who uh, wants to hide my name and face because of it. Um, I was 22 years old in a very tumultuous uh Time in my life, I was in grad school. I was with a partner where you know we loved each other, but perhaps we were not the right match, and certainly I was unable to support my own self economically. I wouldn't say that I was um, emotionally stable either. And so, for those two reasons, um, when my birth control uh, failed, um, I decided that the absolute best choice for uh, me was to terminate the pregnancy, and I went to a very clean um, professional, um, you know, clinic, um, this was in New Jersey and the staff there couldn't have been more, um, informative, supportive, um, uh, before the procedure, after the procedure. And I, um, was filled with a sense, uh, that I had exercised, um, my autonomy, uh, and I had support in doing so. And I, I would not change a thing about my life.
0: Thank you for your story, Rachel, and for being, willing, for being willing to share it. And so publicly, do you find that the stigma of abortion is part of what the problem is in our, in our country?
2: For sure. I think the, 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 the problem is that um, uh, maybe, maybe in terms of being a storyteller, my goal is not to change the hearts and minds of anyone. It's a very individual uh, decision to be made. There are no two abortion stories that are alike. Um, And I think the problem is that um, there is a a, a distinction between, um, you know, debating the issue and then simply informing policy. So I would never set out to change anyone's mind. I can't. But I can, inf- but I can, through my perspective, as as, as which is, which is true with the other storytellers, we can inform policy that is always going to be presented because we we are in a conservative state.
0: Thank you, Rachel Valentina Defex, staff attorney at the ACLU of Utah. Let's talk about what's happening in Texas and what that could mean for Utah.
1: Yeah, so I think as has been in the news a lot recently, um, Texas passed an abortion ban that essentially prohibits any abortion after six weeks after the first day of the last menstrual period. And so this ban is problematic because it essentially eliminates most abortions. It bars abortions at a time where many individuals may not realize that they're pregnant. And so in doing so, it's placing a lot of individuals' lives and health at risk because for many individuals in Texas, the only way to obtain an abortion would be to leave the state which is something that would be very difficult for many individuals to do. At the same time, what Texas has done is that they have also incentivized individuals to report other individuals in the event that they suspect someone of having an abortion after six weeks of pregnancy. And so part of this is created essentially a bounty system in which you can take someone to court and accuse them not of having the abortion, but of aiding and abetting the abortion. And so while the individual that receives the abortion does not actually... Um, is not liable. The person who tells them, hey, do what's best for you. The Uber driver that drives them to the airport if they decide to leave the state. The friend that lends them the money to buy the ticket. The partner or the family member or the loved one that says, do you want to talk to me about what's going on with you? This is the right decision for you. The doctor that says, this is what may happen to you if you continue this pregnancy. All these individuals are individuals that could potentially be prosecuted under this case or sorry, not prosecuted, but could be reported for violating this law. And if you happen to report someone for aiding and abetting an abortion and this individual has um, is found to have violated the law, you get $10,000 and you can ask and sue them to cover your attorney's fees. And so this bounty system that they've created in Texas is incentivizing individuals to report on their neighbors for just being someone that could be supportive of a person's personal decision on when they choose to become a parent.
0: In Utah, there are trigger laws in place. Should Texas be successful? And I believe the Supreme Court is about to start hearing arguments from the Mississippi challenge?
1: That is correct. And so Utah, there's actually two laws right now. And there is an ongoing case that the ACLU of Utah, along with our partners at Planned Parenthood, brought forth that is challenging Utah's abortion ban. And so as a part of this case, the court has currently placed the case on hold pending the decision in Dobbs. And so Dobbs, which is the Mississippi abortion ban case will be heard by the Supreme Court on December 1st. Pending the results of that case, the Utah court will decide whether Utah's laws are constitutional under Supreme Court jurisprudence and whether these laws violate the constitutional right that the Supreme Court has already recognized that individuals have to have an abortion at a certain period throughout their
0: pregnancy. One of the things that I saw uh, in the fallout from Texas and their bill signed into law, bans most abortions after six weeks, with I don't believe um, any exceptions for rape or incest, um, is that now there's an attempt to narrow the ability to get even the morning after pill. In uh, putting the same onerous restrictions on it that they would for an abortion. So, are you concerned as a civil liberties attorney that this is just the first domino?
1: Well, I haven't done too much research into the other proposals regarding um, barring access to the morning after pill. But what I will say, a concern that we have is um, something that Mississippi has done in this case of Dobbs, is ask the Supreme Court to ignore its past precedent regarding one or what type of restrictions a state may place on abortion if a state can then choose um, to, or if a state can lower the type of justification that they have to provide, which is what we call judicial scrutiny. And so they've asked for it to become a rational basis. And you know, with any civil liberties issues, there's always a concern that once you lower the, what a state has to demonstrate to infringe upon a person's individual right that this could always result in a slippery slope. It's very important to protect the reproductive freedom of individuals because this is a constitutional right that all individuals have.
0: So, Valentina, for folks listening to this that uh, may or may not be coming to the march on October 2nd, what can the average person do on this issue?
1: You know, I think a very important thing is, remember the importance of state legislature and what happens at a state level. We always talk about elections regarding the importance of voting, you know, we had 2020 election where individuals are voting from state and federal level, but right now it's speak to your legislatures, make sure that the legislators in Utah know what your perspective is on this and that they understand because their duty is to represent their constituents' desires. And so become involved in local politics, become involved in your legislative process, become involved and, you know, as we're looking at things, it's beyond just voting on state elections, midterm elections, there's the redistricting process that's happening right now that's gonna define a lot of things in the political future of the state. And so become involved in other things because the way that individuals vote impacts things beyond just who we elect at a federal level.
0: Well, thank you everyone for joining me for this conversation. And Shaylee Bybee gonna come back to you to wrap this up as Utah leader for Pro-Choice with Heart and a member of the Salt Lake City Women's March Circle. What is the call to action at this March on October 2nd? And what's your invitation to folks listening?
3: So right now, the biggest call to action for the moment being is to sign our petition. You can find that on our website as well as on our event. Um, we're going to send that straight to the governor and make sure that he knows that we have voices that are concerned with what's happening in the world right now um, and show up for the march. Also, like she said, contact our local, local representatives, make sure that we know that we are paying attention and that we won't stand for a law like this to be passed in Utah. Um, if they know ahead of time before they even try to copy this bill that we will not stand for that, um, then hopefully we can prevent some of this from coming our way.
0: Shaley Bybee, Rachel Petard, and Valentina DeFex. Just three of the folks involved in this Saturday's Rally for Abortion Justice here in Utah. Check tonight's show notes for a link. I'm Laura Jones, and this is Radioactive, plugging you into your community. Let's get some hope. It's Arlo Parks on KRCL. This is Radioactive, plugging you into your community with conversations and a playlist to match. I'm Laura Jones. Got some Dr. Dog and the Jayhawks on the way, but now I'm gonna pass the microphone for clean air. It is the fifth annual Utah Climate Week, and tomorrow night at Wasatch Brewery in Sugar House, you can catch the premiere of Aware, What's Beneath the Clouds. Utah has changed dramatically in my lifetime,
3: both for the positive and the negative, 50%
4: of people believe in climate change, but about 100% believe in lung cancer. And that's when I realized that I really need to start looking at air quality pollutants, health-related pollutants. I was was
5: chasing snowboarding, wanting to be a pro snowboarder. But I just really wanted to be free in the mountains.
6: I grew up seeing the Capitol, but I also grew up seeing all these refinery towers because that's where my dad worked like what's going on? I had a hard time understanding what was happening. It was right in front of me. I'm like, "Oh, wait, it's the bad
0: air quality." Aware what's beneath the clouds. It's a mini doc that discusses the unequal effects of air quality through the stories of local Utahns. And this film premiere and panel discussion, no ticket necessary. There will be opportunities to learn about Utah's air quality effects, ask representatives questions regarding Utah's air quality. And local environmental nonprofits with resources on hand so you can get involved. Stay tuned for details. And now we're ready to pass the radioactive microphone.
5: Thanks so much for having me. My name's Jack Hessler. I'm a filmmaker based in Salt Lake City, Utah, with the company Wizard Media. And we just finished a film that was in partnership with another production company, Other Shore Productions, and a nonprofit called Private Foundation. That focuses on increasing diversity in the outdoors. We were lucky enough to have one of the characters in the film um, featured was a part of Heal Utah, a local nonprofit that does a lot as far as citizen lobbying and um, trying to help us solve a lot of the major problems as far as environmentalism and environmental justice. Hello, everyone. My name is Mace Gonzalez, and I am the
7: communications associate for the Healthy Environment Alliance of Utah better known as Heal, Utah, and we're super excited to be a part of this film. Um, this film will be premiering on t- Tuesday, September 28th from 6 to 8 p.m. at Wasatch Brewery.
0: May say I'm so glad that you were able to join us and you too, Jack. This film coming for a long time. We're familiar with the work of Dr. Daniel Mendoza. He's been on the show talking about the disparities of air pollution in our community but uh, there's also a Heal, Utah story at the heart of this, right, Maysay?
7: Yeah, definitely.
0: Who are the folks from Heal, Utah in the film?
7: Uh, we have Carmen Valdez in the film. Um, it be, she was talking about just kind of a little bit what Heal does and how we're looking at different effects of air quality, especially how they're disproportionate.
0: And, Jack, I think that's the hardest part about getting people excited about, you know, combating air pollution is to make the story less academic and more personal. I really think you've succeeded in this film. I've got to see a cut of it. And there's this one shot with Carmen where she's looking out across the valley and you back up and it's over the world's largest open pit copper mine here in Utah,
1: Jack.
5: Yeah. So a big thing about um, that I've learned my whole career in Filmmaking and storytelling is that ultimately it's all about emotional connection to characters and you think about any story or movie and regardless of the topic um, because there's so much so many problems and important things in the world that are worth discussing and are really worth trying to get people to care about but um, not everybody and the majority of people I'd say don't want to sit down and read a textbook. They'd rather sit down and read a fantasy novel or something that can help uh, help just like engage their imagination. And so, what I've really learned to do, and what I try to focus on doing, is finding the ways to root these stories in characters and their true stories, and really pique interest through them or through through the characters, and then have that sort of segue into this larger message that can come across, but always with the human story as as the centerpiece
0: we're talking about a new film aware a-w-a-i-r-e what's beneath the clouds and let's get a clip and, and kind of show folks or rather play for folks what are these folks real person in your film Marlene. one of
3: the prettiest spots in the country the
0: problem
7: is dirty air while this happens every year this year is the worst anybody can remember making life anywhere outside the home downright dangerous
6: I would hear in the news, like, oh, it's bad air, don't go outside. I'm like, very healthy person, I don't need to worry about it. Two years ago, there was this huge inversion that happened. The air outside was just bad, and it was gray. And I felt like I was walking around through a bubble, like a dark bubble. And within five minutes, I started coughing, (laughs) and my eyes started to burn, my throat was hurting, and I looked green what's going on? I had a hard time understanding what was happening, but it was like literally in the air and it was right in front of me. I'm like, oh wait, it's the bad air quality. That's when I started to realize bad air affects everybody.
0: It's just not something that's talked about growing up here in Utah. You just kind of accept it. You accept that your friends have asthma, that
1: family members are developing cancers or other diseases that are being linked to air pollution, such as dementia and ALS.
0: And that's Carmen Valdez of Heal, Utah, and Marlene, both of their stories in the new film Aware, What's Beneath the Clouds, which premieres tomorrow night at Wasatch Brewery. And another thing that I really enjoyed about the film, and perhaps you can talk about, you know, this part of the filmmaking process is Dr. Daniel Mendoza has a lot of data and uh, you have taken not only how he breaks it down, but you've married it with animation in the film.
5: Yeah. And so that's a, a huge thing, sort of piggybacking on what I was saying earlier about how do we convey a message without just really being didactic and without just presenting this information uh, blatantly, or or like banal, just boring saying this information and a huge um, way to do that, especially when there's not actual footage that that you can capture to convey the the information is with animations. So I had a great friend of mine, Hadley Michaels, a super talented illustrator, designer, and animator. Uh, We just worked together to develop the look that we were going for and um, then, uh, yeah, just we were able to pair those with, and we had so many statistics from Dr. Mendoza that we thought were worth including, but there's only so much you can actually find the room to fit in there. And so the couple that we did get, um, I think Hadley just did a great job of making all that kind of academic information engaging and fun, even though a lot of it is not necessarily fun. It's pretty harsh statistics but I think she did a really good job of uh, bringing that all together.
0: Here's one of those passages from the film Aware What's Beneath the Clouds.
4: Three or four months before graduating with my PhD, before defending my thesis, I realized that 50% of people believe in climate change here in the US, but about 100% believe in lung cancer. And that's when I realized that if I were to really pursue this further, I really need to start looking at air quality pollutants, health-related pollutants. Here in Salt Lake City, and really most of Utah along the Wasatch front, we tend to live really near mountains, which creates these valleys. Now, inside the valleys, a high-pressure pocket of air traps the air underneath. Because you have the mountains ordering it, you create this bowl, and the air becomes stagnant. The emissions come out of hotel pipes, from a smokestack, even from natural gas combustion to heat our homes, and this pollution has nowhere to go.
0: And that's Dr. Daniel Mendoza of the University of Utah Department of Atmospheric Sciences. You're going to have to take my word for it. And in fact, why don't you go check out this film tomorrow night at Wasatch Brewery, aware what's beneath the clouds so you can see as well as hear what this story is all about. And may say, uh, what do folks have to do to attend?
7: Definitely. So this is a free event. It's all ages. Um, Just come down to Wasatch Brewery and you can also RSVP at HealUtah.org under our events tab. We have all the information there. Um, And yeah, just bring a friend.
0: What's the website for Heal Utah?
7: So it's HealUtah.org. So H-E-A-L-Utah.org.
0: And Jack, this film, what's your plan for this film now that this project is in the can?
5: So now that we are finally able to screen it, and get it out, we are um, going to host it on the, uh, the non-profit we work with to make the film Primal Foundation, just on their YouTube channel. And it's shown at three film festivals so far, and we're waiting to hear back from a couple others. And so now it's just trying to get eyes on it as we approach our inversion season and people really start to remember why, or <laughs> that this is affecting us every single day. And um, hopefully, we we'll get into some more film festivals. And then we're in the process of just planning a couple more local screenings.
0: Well, when you have those local screenings nailed down, please be sure to send me some details. We'll get it into rallies and resources, okay?
5: Perfect. Appreciate it.
0: May say, why partner on a film like
7: this? When climate issues are talked about, and specifically like air quality, we get a lot of imagery of like mountains, smoggy cities, skylines. And we often don't get to hear or see the effects that it's taking on actual people. And that's what we really liked about this film as it's talking about stories through individuals and it highlights that disproportionate effects that are going on throughout specific communities here in Utah. So as that's one of the biggest reasons why we just loved how we can actually see the people in this and then um, just continuing that conversation of the effects happening on people.
0: And tomorrow night when you screen the film at Wasatch Brewery, you're going to have a panel moderated by Carmen Valdez of Heal, Utah. Jack, you'll be there. Who else is on the panel?
7: We also have Senator Derek Kitchen's going to be there, Representative Ray Minward and Daniel Mendoza.
0: So the doctor will be there with all his data as well great opportunity to get educated on this issue and also find that real that real connection that people have I do think that eyes can glaze over because we live with this we know the inversion season comes around we chew the air but to really have it um, in a narrative form played out I think is such a great service Jack and may say thank you so much best of luck with the screening tomorrow night at Wasatch Brewery
5: thanks so much hope to see you there yeah thank you so much
0: Heal Utah's Macy Gonzalez, and filmmaker Jack Hessler. Check tonight's show notes for a link to Aware, What's Beneath the Clouds. Film premiere at Wasatch Brewery tomorrow night. I'm Laura Jones, checking on out of here with that song I promised you from Dr. Dog, a band that, while they didn't break up, they are on their last tour. KRCL presents them in concert at the Union November 6th. This is Do the Trick on KRCL.